0: Mhm. So I don't
1: know I find the thing with Instagram and it's just sort of the same thing with Twitter and Facebook is that if I start scrolling I'll never stop, which is kind of why I stop using them in general. Cuz I mean, you can get you can load them up with memes and you know stuff like shitty rigs and like queue it up with a lot of good content, but I just I don't know, I have an addictive personality and I'll I'll lose an hour to to Facebook if I let it take me, you know?
2: Yeah, but Facebook is mostly like Seeing who's—I know what I use Facebook for is just to see like birthday stuff. That's and then the occasional interesting post. Mm-hmm. Instagram is the one that I follow a lot because it's you know it's movie stuff,
3: tattoo stuff, and dog stuff.
1: Well, that one you can curate a lot, a yeah. lot more, and then it's yeah. also you know mostly image-based, right? Yeah, I mean, they don't have re- like text posts or on anything Facebook. That on you there.
3: can't tell, you can't pick exactly what your friends are going to post or not mm-hmm. compared yeah, to Instagram. Well, you can pick your friends. Stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, you can pick your friends, but. Whatever they post is but whatever. That can be them. awkward. Yeah, <laughs> for whoever you don't
2: have on Facebook. Well, you know what they say. But you can pick your friends. You can pick your nose, but you can't pick your friends' nose. That's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> um.
1: Well, David, can you uh can you start us off? All right. Welcome we back. At? That that's your camera this week. Oh, Are we it. filming already? Yeah, yeah. We've oh. been filming for a few minutes. Oh, sweet. Okay. Well, I like to do the rolling start sort of thing where we're already sort of in the in the throes of of conversation
2: oh, what is it like? i'm like medium close up here so, yeah, um pretty much yeah right, cool. i would say from about here up all right cool so you don't see the gut all right, is good. <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right so welcome back to this week's episode of the illustrated podcast i'm your host david this is my friend sergio and we're keeping up with this well not this week's theme we're keeping up with the theme of filmmaking cinematography and this week's guest this actually be more interesting for me because our past guests have been people that I've known. Right. And you've had to do the fact finding. This week we have an acquaintance of Sergio's, Juan um film teacher at Ferguson. At Ferguson, yeah. And that's all I really know about him. Sergio, can you give us a bit more background detail? Yeah, yeah. Well so how long how
1: long have you been teaching film?
2: Well, First of all, I mean, we're just acquaintances. I mean, like, I thought we were boys. I thought we were buddies, man. We've well, been to th- this
1: is part of the the shtick of the of the host here. You know, <laughs> okay. he's going he's going for the ten the ten dollars words. Okay. You know, <laughs> right. trying to make himself sound
3: as smart as possible. <laughs> Dude, you would not believe the value of ten dollars words. I'm applying for grad school right now.
2: Oh, sweet, yeah, I'm, that's where I'm at right now myself.
3: <laughs> and my whole my my sister, she went to the new school in New York City, so she went to Parsons and all that. Oh, nice. And she graduated her master's and she was like looking over my admissions essay and all my like seven or eight schools, they're all in between. They're all like either top 10 programs or they're all in the middle of nowhere. And all my essays, whether they range from 500 words or 2,500 words, just feel like again, those $10 words. And my sister says I have this formulaic three, three word pattern, like adjectives to describe everything. And she just like destroyed every essay I had. So... That's what I've been up to this past week. Well, you got to stop pretending, David. That's what it all is. All of it's pretending. <laughs> I guess all some, of it's pretending. You got to put on the. You got to put on the good. Uh, the good stuff.
2: Well, <laughs> now I'm interested. I mean, like now, let the interviewee interview the interviewer. I mean, where are you applying to, and what are you applying for?
3: Um. Okay. So background. I'm also an educator. I'm are a social you... studies teacher. Where? At Charles R. Drew K-3 Center, in Liberty City.
2: <laughs> well, good for you <laughs> man that's awesome
3: I, s- I noticed that hesitation yeah um no, I, I know <laughs> what it's like because
2: my first teaching gig was um working with inner city kids and they're tough but i mean they believe it or not they want to be there they want to learn they just have like bro this tough facade that you got to get past oh you know. no
3: it, dude it is something it's in, yeah it's just something crazy a lot of stuffs out of your control yeah no oh, definitely was your first job cinema like what was your first teaching gig
2: it was a sp- Special, special ed. Um,
3: oh, so you were doing like EBD and all that stuff?
2: Yeah, it was specifically EBD. It was, um, well, back, back in the day, it was known as EH, I guess, mm-hmm. which is emotionally handicapped, which is no longer, you know, in 2020, is no longer like a appropriate term, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was all behavior disorder kids, and yeah, it was the toughest of the toughest. It was middle school, too, it was sixth grade. Yeah. So um, I started teaching TV production and stuff to that population, and then it evolved into film. So you're a teacher and you're going yeah. back to getting your master's to do what?
3: Um, international relations. So originally I got my history degree to become a teacher okay. because I love doing it so much. And I w- did TFA. Well, I'm in TFA. It's my second year. So that gives you some idea of my intentions because oh, most s- people do TFA just as a stepping stone to like. What's TFA? Teach for America. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. All right. They rather do law school. It's the people that do it don't really have their full heart in it, in my yeah. opinion. I just want to do it to get my my feet inside. To the system and just start working as a teacher yeah but i'm not sure whether it's just the environment or just the malaise of just driving but malaise yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're making you're making jones proud david (laughs) Hmm. whether it's or the combination of the two and now that we went down to a tier we're now a tier three school meaning like we have like etos the district like at our backs and all that yeah it's just been very stressful i'm not sure if i want to come back for a third year, okay. So right now I'm applying to grad school for international relations, just to kind of sidestep something I feel it's more, more kind of more respected. And you know, being a teacher is obviously very respectable. We play a very large part in society and the way we shape our future, yada yada yada. But I guess in that school, especially social studies, I just don't feel it, and I'm just trying to like branch out and just try to guess reinvent myself, do a second act.
2: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, I just wanted to find out. I mean, it was, no, yeah. I was intrigued. Um, so to answer your question, what was your question?
1: How? Uh, well, okay, so how long have you been teaching?
2: This is my 21st year, man. 21st Ooh. year? Yeah, my career is old enough to drink.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was 12, but 21 is the other way around. 21. So, okay, so then you started teaching in inner city schools, and how long did it take you to get to TV production?
2: Well, um, actually, I never went to school for TV production or film. Mm-hmm. It's all, like, self-taught passion type of thing um the tv production program that we had at my first school was uh you know very uh rudimentary i guess very basic setup type of thing Mm -hmm. um back in 1999 so we were still doing stuff on vhs and whatever nothing digital uh, Mm -hmm. even though it was available um yeah it was just like to make it interesting i mean like just like david was saying i mean to capture the kids attention was something relevant um and they enjoyed it You know, and then uh, I did five years there. Uh, The school is Ruth Owens Crusade Educational Center, which is specifically for kids with behavior disorders, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Very challenging school, but I learned a lot, you know, Um, and they opened up Ferguson um, about five years later. And, you know, I remember driving past it um, and I saw like, what is this big building that's here? And and I found out about it. it I transferred over to I taught two years of special ed there. Um, and the principal opened up a film program and he caught wind of, you know, my TV production background and he said, Hey, you want to join and try this out? And it was like, initially it was like a three teacher effort. Um, I came in after the fact, uh, because the original teacher moved to a different school and then the other teacher that was left over, uh, she was, she's primarily an English teacher. Um, and then eventually I said, no, that's mine and you know, it's my baby and, you know, it's grown from there.
1: I just I think it's interesting that the public money is actually going to something like an arts program like that. You know, you don't you don't typically see that.
2: Yeah. Don't get me started on that right now, because in school <laughs> right now, with m- I'm getting my Ph.D. right now. Um, mm-hmm. First semester, actually. And I'm taking a policies course, which is completely blowing my mind to see all the nefarious <laughs> uh, <thinking laughs> things happening. And, um, you know, with the people who make all the policy and make all the big decisions and stuff, it's just really, really frustrating. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that my school, I mean, I've actually been thinking about, you know, how fortunate I am to be at, Fer- at Ferguson because we do have, I mean, the school has a little bit of everything. I mean, um, I don't know who's going to watch this thing, hopefully globally, you know. Uh, what but type of sp-
3: magnet programs?
2: It's, bro. it's, um, we have, we have an academy system. Um, so we have five academies. So mm-hmm. basically each academy is a magnet. Um, like our school is like, I call it the happy meal of schools because you could pretty much modify it to whatever you need. I mean, we have everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that you can possibly have in any school we have, um, as far as like options, not every program, but I mean like options. So we, we are a neighborhood school, a traditional neighborhood school. We have a magnet program in five academies. We have international baccalaureate. We have special ed. We have an autism unit, um. We have goats in the back of the school. So, I mean. Goats? goats? Yeah. Yeah, we have goats and cows. And we had, you know, we had a couple of steer. Um, they have an agricultural program, yeah. I believe, if I yeah. recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is part of the, I believe even ask me what academy that's part of. We have a veterinary program. I was actually going to say, when I saw your mom and, you know, your dog, you know, kind of got like a like a shady haircut. Yeah, hey, take him over to Ferguson because they do a great job there. So, we have dog grooming there. <laughs> Yeah, so and this is a
1: public school.
2: It is a public school, man. This is crazy. Yeah. This would have
1: never happened at Coral Park. No, 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 no they no, were no, cutting no. shit left well, and right over there.
2: Remember, I tried to get you to go to Ferguson. No, I, you know, I do.
1: I do yeah. remember that. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
2: But you were like, nah, I'm happy to be a Ram. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> it, well, because here's the thing, right? Is that I a what's the thing? Huh?
3: What's the thing? You're was it Caitlin?
1: No, well, no, I wasn't. No, that was. This would have happened well before I'd ever even gone to mm, uh, to okay, Ferguson. okay, okay. No, but. I mean, a lot of of what got me into film and, like, the people that I was around, I mean, that happened at Coral Park. You know, it was the friends I made there and sort of those connections. And, you know, I'm sure, if you know, you have the film class over there, and maybe that might have sparked a different thing. But I remember when I got into high school, I mean, I liked movies, but it wasn't on my radar. Like, I thought I was going to design video games. Like, I had bought textbooks for, like, you know, learning how to code in Unreal Engine and all that. Yeah, yeah. No, because I've always liked games, right? So I've, you know... I, your I first that... film,
3: but your first dive into film was like in middle school and all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I made little home movies. Like I, I did, there was this one thing I did, it was a... Uh... It was Toy Story, but with video game consoles. So the, like, I would actually, instead of playing video games on the video game system, I would play with it like it was an action figure and then record that. Was it a stop motion thing? Because, you know, kids are... No, no, man. It was like my hands in there and moving it around. <laughs> like, I mean, it was... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, Uh but, no, I mean, I, I I toyed around with that little stuff because I'd seen people do stuff on YouTube. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had always assumed that I was going to go to games because that's what I spent most of my time doing. Yeah. And then it was when I met when I met Galley that I really got an idea for going forward in, in, in film, you know?
2: Well, I mean, that's cool. I mean, I'm glad. But you had that motivation. I mean, like at our school, we have, like, where a group of, like, people with the same interests come and you know we're able they're able to like share all these things you know Mm -hmm. you know that in 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 the filmmaking world you really have to find that motivation that that determination that drive because of how competitive it is how diverse it is how totally yeah bro, it's just like mind-blowing how like bro how how broad the Mm -hmm. subject is but you know one of the things i like about my program is that it brings together a bunch of different kids from from different areas Mm -hmm. and you know, you think of a film kid, you probably think of, like, someone who's geeky and, you know, like, they want to do all this camera. Kind of, but, dude, I mean, we we have everybody in our program. Um, um, I didn't mean that to be in any way derogatory if you're watching this out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, you could be cool and you could be geeky and you could make movies. Movies are for everybody. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like we have this gathering place. It's It's a place where... Uh, it's a safe place. I strive to make that a safe place where the kids are able to um explore you know cinematic concepts, whatever they want to do um whether it's technique uh, content uh storytelling whatever and, and well, yes yeah, so thrive, you so,
1: know? so for for people who are watching what exactly are the mechanics of of your class like what what are you doing with uh, with these kids?
2: well, um to answer your original question. Once again, just to put it to rest, yeah. My school has a bunch of other things, and we're fortunate to have it. You mm-hmm. know, um, based on the, the the class I'm taking my PhD right now, it's this is it's not the norm. You know that we have that. Um, it's been very successful, which leads me into you know what we do. Um, we have it's two separate tracks. We have like I guess the traditional regular track, and we have the international baccalaureate track, which is a highly rigorous college level class. Okay, so the traditional class is made up of four four levels: film one, two. Film three honors, film four honors. Right? Mm-hmm. And then within, kind of like an umbrella thing, like which basically covers both, we also have dual enrollment film after school uh, with Miami Dade College, who has an excellent film program. I mean, excellent. Um, at, like, an whatever percentage infinitesimal, <laughs> cost of what like <laughs> if you were to go to UM for example, yeah yeah it's it's and it's and it's awesome it's awesome and they make more at Miami-Dade in two years than what they do in, at, in UM in four um, so we have a, a connection with them and we have uh, the class consists of it's two classes is film production one and screenwriting mm-hmm. and in the dual enrollment program we have uh, professionals from the industry um, come and teach the classes pretty much I can't teach the class because I don't have a film degree you know, everything I know is it's pretty much self-taught. Okay. Um, a lot of, you know, scavenging and scouring wherever I can find information. Um, and also equipment. You know, like we get fan- creative with our equipment because our, our budget is small. One of the things that's, I guess, n- I don't know if detrimental is the right word or, or challenging, I guess, would be that, yes, we have the program, but finding the, the equipment and the funding for it, you have to get creative. Um, legally, <laughs> it's all legal. <laughs> It's so all perfectly legal. It's all perfectly legal, <laughs> but we have to get creative because we're not the, the funding structure for the school system is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, like TV production gets a whole mess of money, uh, but but because they're under more like a technical wing, like, I don't know if David, if you learned about that, um, but uh, film is is under the arts, and pretty much the arts is underfunded, regardless of whether mm-hmm. you have the program or not. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so the international baccalaureate class consists of two years, um, junior and senior years, IB1 and IB2 film, Uh, we're an elective um, that the IB kids have to take, you know? um, They choose, at our school we have like four, no, actually we have multiple electives because actually like uh, the kids who wanna go into medicine, they could actually elect to take another biology class as their elective, you know? It all depends on what they wanna do because if you pass the class, you get college credit. So we have two different opportunities for college credit, through the dual enrollment, and through the IB, mm-hmm. and then we have the regular track, which is, you know, I mean, we have a lot of fun, and like I said earlier, it brings a bunch of different kids together, you know, um, and we make stuff, we make movies. The first year, we, we just watch a lot of cool stuff, and I teach the basics through it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. try to scaf- scaffold the knowledge through it, you know, um, I basically approach it from like five, five big jobs, directing, screenwriting, editing, uh, cinematography, and sound, uh, and then I throw in little things here and there, like production design, that type of thing. Um, and then we watch the films, our, our texts are the films that excel in those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids write about it, they do little explorations, informal little projects on their own, you know, whether, whether they're shooting stuff or not is up to them. But the actual production stuff begins in year two, moving forward, and our movie watching becomes more focused. You know, like let's say if we want to see how, since they're going to be making stuff, uh, let's see how X director moves the camera, since we're going to move the camera. hmm um, and then we get m- progressively more and more challenging. In Film four, they're completely independent. Um, we, since we do have that magnet program, mm-hmm. um, we have actually like a dedicated exhibition state space in the library. It's called Axiom. And the art teacher at our school, Derek Wilson, who's awesome, uh, really big in the Miami art scene. Uh, he's really built that up. And film it's for the visual arts programs, uh, which is ceramics, art 2D, 3D, film. And also TV production. So we have three ex- exhibits a year. The next one's coming up in a couple of weeks, actually. January 28th, which is a Tuesday. I can't go, ironically, because I have class that day. So my kids are going to be running it. And the, and everything has a theme. So mm-hmm. um, I sit down with my advanced kids. Okay, Like, for example, this one's called Earth. Like, Wilson's awesome, but he's really, really creative. So Earth, the A-R-T in the middle is capitalized. Uh, there you okay. go. All right. so, uh, so we decided to do something with, you know... Um, environmental advocacy and, and awareness um what the the hands-on kids the 2d 3d kids were doing they're, do- they're doing they're getting like um like the public's bags like the supermarket bags with the plastic bags and they're putting kind of like an iron ironable overlay on it so they're recycling stuff to create art so they're creating mosaics out of it which is okay. pretty cool so I kind of like that layered thing. So I said, okay, let's just play around with the opacity of shots and stuff, and then create meaning. I, I told them, okay, you got thirty seconds to do something about something about environmental, you know, awareness. Mm-hmm. But I want you guys to like come up with a creative way to uh, combine sound and video, uh, original and existing, um, to create a message visually without necessarily telling the audience what it's about. So it's something more formalistic in its approach, you know. Okay. Um, and they're coming on really, really good. Um, the scope of the of how they interpreted the project was was really interesting uh, so i just gave them the idea and set them with the idea and then uh, and they then run then with they it. take it from there yeah you know uh, so it's always guided but at the advanced level they have m- a lot more freedom and i'm just making sure that they, you know they don't set the room on fire and they don't, <laughs> and they don't get me fired you know That's <laughs> what the stuff they're creating but
1: has that know? ever happened where like someone gets walks a little bit too far they go over a line Oh, I thought you were going to ask me if we actually set something on fire, which the answer to that is yes. We did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's an interesting story, too, what happened there.
2: That was the, the tungsten lights. Like, oh, they got really, really oh, hot. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. and then one of the gels caught fire. And then um, I was like, Pff. and, you know, we weren't paying attention. And, and I think we all, it's actually on, on video. I have it somewhere stored. And you see the actors kind of going, it, it felt like, <laughs> a, like an old, like, like Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know, like, uh, he turns around, his tail's on fire type of thing, and then we looked like, oh, 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 snap, oh, stuff, can we cuss on this or no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay, don't worry so about that. All right, well, gatzooks the light is <laughs> on fire, <laughs> you know, so, the like, the light was on fire and whatever, but, you know, we caught it in time, um, but, like, the actual whole, um, what's it called, Uh fixture was, you know, we had to, like, dump it because it was... Totally torched. It was torched, wow. yeah. Um, but as far as like crossing the line now, man, the kids are cool. The kids are respectful. You know, like I said, I try to build a safe learning environment for everybody. Um, thankfully they, they appreciate me. They appreciate the class that they're never, g- they've, n- nobody's ever done something vindictive. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they slack their kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. the yeah. quality of the work sometimes it's kind of like, you for real dude. Okay, <laughs> fine. Um, but as far as doing something like, you know, malicious in any way towards me, towards each other, you know, nah, nah, they don't, they don't. They, they don't, they test boundaries artistically, not, you know, to be like, you know, not so smart. Yeah. Yes. yeah. You know,
1: that's good. That's, that, that's good news. Cause you know, sometimes you, you never know. I mean, I remember in my, in my drama uh, program, they had open they had open drama and I think it was in 10th grade. Was it 10th grade or 11th grade? Uh, I was never part of the drama program. So oh, yes, the wrong know. guy. Um, but, no, you did end up getting a few a few kids in there who weren't exactly interested in the in the subject matter, and they were more interested in sort of pushing buttons and seeing where things would get them. So, you know, but, but I, I mean that more from... Uh,
3: but they're just probably just placed there. That's yeah, that exactly. That's right. what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. You, you do get a lot of kids that are, that are placed there. You know, I mean, I'll, I, I imagine most of the kids that are in your class, they 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 choose it right well it's an elective I yeah mean, it's
2: in the word mm-hmm. I mean, drama i don't understand why they were just placed in drama
1: well because the program had just opened up like it was uh i think we were a few months into the year and then they opened up the uh the program so oh, that they to d- fill it up right so there are other uh, there are other classes so you that think they probably their, put their, kids their class size for their cap their credit and
3: then rec- you think they probably put kids for like credit recovery and all that in there some children
1: maybe i don't know i had always assumed that it was because other classes were you know overfilled and like you're only allowed to have like 25 kids in a class or Mm. i don't know if that's still the the rule or something That's for the core class yeah
3: that's for like the electives
2: it's the wild west yeah they just they just pack them in it all depends on on the program like sardines (laughs) uh
1: (laughs) so okay so then when it comes to to teaching film so you're all self-taught like like you said yeah yeah so what like how how is it that that you ended up having this fascination for for film? Like what's the what's the what's the film that really really started that?
2: I actually we just talked about this. Uh, well, there was one movie that just blew my mind when I saw it, it was '89, uh, the '89 Batman, Tim Burton Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just movie just blew me away. I mean, I like movies, you know. I always. I mean, '89, I had been here for four years. I got here no five years. I got here in '84 from Nicaragua. And, you know, I remember my liking movies as a kid, watching Star Wars on on Betamax. I saw, I mean, you guys even know what Betamax yeah, is? Yeah, I know okay. what a Betamax right, cool. is. So I saw Star Wars <laughs> on Betamax. Um And I was aware about this. It was fun and entertainment. I saw Return... I mean, what's it called? Empire Strikes Back and a big old, you know, um, old-fashioned uh drive-in. Um, oh, shit. Subtitles. I still remember seeing that, yeah. So, yeah, you know, like movies and stuff. And then, you know... um, but in 89, just something just clicked, you know, because, you know, that Batman was so original. Mm-hmm. I, I like the Superman movies, you know, but they were all, you know, cheesy and stuff. Uh, but when Batman came in, it was dark. It was serious. Um, this dude, Jack Nicholson, who is this guy, you know, and and, and it just blew me away. I, I remember that, like I left with my, I, I had my my jaw dropped open. Like, mm-hmm. you can really do this in movies? My dad hated the movie. He, he said, "Hated like, it." Yeah, he was. Oh, it's so dark. I'm like, but that's what I loved about it. So I started reading, and, and you know, like even to the point that I, I, uh, I got the poster, and the poster had like all of the all of the positions listed, you know, all the jobs and stuff, mm-hmm. directed by whatever. So I started, I went to the library because we had no internet, you know. Yeah, that's
1: true. I was about to ask. You, yeah. You'd you have to get, like, the film magazines if you wanted news and, yeah. and all that.
2: Went to the library over on Crow Way and and 80-something because that was the closest library. We didn't have no fancy hammocks library back in the day. Mm-hmm. So my dad dropped me off there. I was there for hours, I remember. West but State dad, Regional. Yeah, West State Regional, yeah, yeah. Um, and I started reading that and then, you know, got into the Oscars and the Academy Awards. And, and then just started... Eating it up, um, and then Pulp Fiction came out in '94. Um, I was a senior in high school. You know how you are in a senior in high school, and yeah, something of cool comes, You know, and, and that became my thing. I latched onto it, um, and and I had the same experience um, that I had with Batman. I mean, like, can they do this in movies? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, previous to Batman, of course, a million other movies had come out um, that I hadn't seen yet. You know, we were very very poor, and we didn't have access to. To watching stuff, you know, like on VHS and stuff, going on to rent and whatever, because nobody bought movies back then. Uh, but it was that, that that movie that basically opened it up for me, Batman, and then '94 with Pulp Fiction. I, mean, I, st- I by that time, I had watched like a lot of you know stuff that inspired Batman and classics and whatever. And then Tarantino comes out with this gem of a movie that just basically broke all the rules you know, mm-hmm. and just reset everything. So it was those two movies that you know sparked my curiosity um i actually was a broadcasting major in high school but i had the the shittiest mentor that you can possibly <laughs> have i remember he was like like the disgruntled like kind of like the dude from network but the asshole version you know he was like it's not what you know it's who you know like, you a mm-hmm. kid, about so I'm like i'm not an ass kisser you know i believe in hard work and stuff I've always you know that my dad instilled that in, in that in me a long time ago um so that gave me like a really like bad taste in my mouth and teaching was always plan b so i I gave it a shot i did a semester of TV production in um in college in miami dade and it was interesting but you know i'd still like i I still was very dubious about getting into the industry Mm -hmm. you know there's always that you know i mean it's it's a very precarious um job to get into you know because of oh you have to you have to go all in Mm -hmm. it's so competitive that you can't all in is the pe- perfect way to describe it. So yeah. I got out of it, started teaching, um, and but it, it was always like you know it was always fun. It was always a hobby, um, but I always saw it from like a fan's perspective. Um, now through teaching, now I have to apply to all my teaching stuff that I learned in mm-hmm. teaching school and uh, taught the concepts the best way I possibly could. Um, fiddled around myself, you know, made a couple of things which are horrible, terrible. <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, like, shit, like, you look at Bill, I mean, what's his name, Belichick, Eric's favorite um, coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how well he was of a football player, but he's a hell of a coach. So, I mean, the way I see things, you don't necessarily have to be the most talented Mm -hmm. person in your your field to be able to teach it. And, you know, I feel pretty satisfied because my kids have done all right. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, What's up, buddy? So...
1: Well, okay, so then, so you've done stuff on on your own. Those films that you say are are, yeah, and, are horrible, and
2: they will never see the light of day again. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. Well, tell me a little bit about that. Like, what, what, what? When did you decide to do that? When?
2: No. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, um, they're just like you know like stupid little projects, like the one you were telling about or talking student about films? earlier. Student films. Not even student films. It was just kind of like you know I had like an old beat up VHS camera that my aunt gave me, and that was pretty much what I. I shot stuff with and I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was not aware of continuity editing and this and that and and all the concepts that I try to get, you know, across to my kids. It was more like story-based stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what we focus on in the United States. I mean, what the movie was about. Um, It's not film, it's only film fans, like not only, only such a limiting word. Um, Unless you're looking for something specifically, like people just focus on the story. So Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just like really, you know, like I wrote scripts. I was really into gangster movies. So I wrote like this, this this horribly formatted totally predictable you know kids who have uh, like young adults like 18 19 mm-hmm. who um you know like the, these want to be gangsters and stuff you know and and I actually got the concept of the, of the the gangster genre you know like you have it all and all of a sudden something goes wrong and it can be taken away from you It can yet. be taken away from you this and that it was you know it was garbage yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know, those first projects are always I mean that that's, that's I, we were talking about this on yeah. on the last podcast that at a at a certain point if you really if you really are are invested in you have to get through that that barrier of of hating everything that you work on cuz it's not up to the same like you have a taste that it's at a certain level and yeah. then your ability is nowhere near that yeah. and you have to keep working at it in order to get it at the same level where you feel any sort of uh, fulfillment with it.
2: And that's and that's that's where I was lacking. You know, I mean the ideas were good. I mean mm-hmm. I'll give you that. I mean that the execution was bad, but I didn't keep working at it. And that's where that's where where the problem lied. I mean like I, I think about some of the things I came up with and I'm like, okay, that's not bad. Um, but the execution was bad and when I you know I there was no reinforcing environment that okay. kept me motivated. Mm-hmm. Like I was telling you like one of the things I love about my program is that It's a group of people who come together who want to do cool shit and, you know, and and they got each other's backs in a way, you know, for the most part. Um, And I didn't have that, you know, so I didn't improve upon it.
1: Yeah, it's important to have a battery when you're when you're working on this sort of stuff, because you can get you can get in your own head and you can get very, very critical and very, you know, it's almost like why even bother going on because it's just such a a cloud of negativity you know but if you have you know like you're saying with these kids who are all looking yeah. out for each other it's like yeah well we're all here we're all in this together like we're all gonna get through it and yeah. you know i mean it is it is sort of that i mean that's the communal aspect of, of film that that leads a film set to have the same quality as like a summer camp you know where everyone mm-hmm. gets very close very very quickly mm-hmm. and by the end of it you know it's bonds that the that, that can last a, a very long time
2: yep Yeah. Um, Like right now, um, I mean, you said, I mean, we have it's a four year program, you know, and
3: you make friends and, and, you know, people come and go. Um, But the bulk just go just last the whole four years.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and the connections are made, you know, and and they get to know each other. And, you know, the majority of them don't go into film school, but a a good chunk of them do. Um, Some of them go directly right into the industry because they're so motivated. I got this stud kid right now who's a senior, I mean, the the kid applied to FSU film and everything, and he better get in, you mm-hmm. know? But if he doesn't, even if he just says, you know what? He's that talented that he can actually start working right away. Um, so that's the kind of kid that you say, okay, you, the choice is up to you. I mean, are you going to go to film school or are not going to go to film school? This kid is so motivated, is so talented that he, can, he doesn't have to go, but he wants to, and I'm glad he is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the ones who are, you know, who's still trying things out and they haven't figured it out yet, and the talent is there, but they need that little oomph. You know, I tell them, you know, go, go into film school. Go to Dade. You know, it's it's two years, bro, mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you get to work on it. Um, and it's cool to see how, and, you know, th- whether the talent is innate or not, mm-hmm. uh, that it's able to come out, you know, and, and the desire is there, and and they care about it. You know, it's it, it's legitimate, you know. Um, even when it comes to, like, the doing pre-pro or, or, or writing about, you know, reflecting on i mean i make them reflect i mean i'm a teacher Mm -hmm, yeah you're supposed to reflect on the environment on on the on the process and i make them do that um and i think they grow from it you know even that part of it which is like the assignment part of it you know uh, that's not really filmic in a way um they enjoy it and they and they do it and they grow from it you know
1: no, it's important cuz you don't like I mean it, this is I mean again this is only my experience but yeah, your even, experience is completely different. Even at Dade's film program it was so hard to find people who were like legitimately invested in in the thing mm-hmm. unless there was something they were getting out of it. Like a lot of times it was sure. just they're they're motivated in so much as the grade that they're going to get yeah. for being a part of the project. There yeah. wasn't
3: an intrinsic motivation there.
1: But no, a lot of them uh, it, what was really weird is that a lot of them just didn't watch a whole lot of movies. Yeah. Like they were in the film program and there are all of these and granted I haven't seen every classic. There's a bunch of movies I'm missing, you know, but they're sort of like Almost, it feels like basic sort of, like, people who'd never seen a Star Wars movie, people who'd never seen The Godfather, people who'd never seen Jurassic Park. I mean, just, like, quintessential, like, baseline stuff. And a lot of them didn't even seem particularly interested in watching them either, you know?
2: That's that's so interesting because, I mean, like, there, you're paying for classes. Yeah. You're, you're, I mean, you're choosing what you're going to do with what. I mean, you're not i don't know well
1: because i think part i think part of it is some of those kids are still figuring out exactly what it is they want to do right like they got to college they didn't really have a plan and and i could totally understand that but what really got me about the film program and you know i mean the last episode you know i know i know that you've got you've got connections over there and and that you say it's a good program in my experience i didn't have a very positive experience there and i remember in film three i had this you know group that i was that was in you know it was sort of like a you know, they they had their own group that they were working on projects in, and, and then I had my own group, but we were, you know, interfacing and, you know, just talking and all that, and then over the summer between film three and film th- four, I wanted to shoot something just for the sake of shooting something, you know, um, and they all seemed pretty gung-ho about it. We had the group chat going, and the and they seemed pretty interested. They came over to the house for, like, the first rehearsal and all that, and then after that, it was just like, no, just radio silence like complete no yes. oh i can't this yes. or i can't that like they didn't even respond at all and then you get to school the next semester and it's like oh i don't i don't know you you know and it's just i don't know but you find you find a lot of that 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 flakiness you know and i, I don't know again if that was just me or maybe i was doing something that maybe set them off the wrong way but it have been both i mean maybe i i i will no i'll grant that part of it had to be me right i mean part of it had to be but at they the realize same time, oh
3: shit he's actually for real yeah this. he's actually for real about why the fuck would i want to do this it's summer
1: yeah no but that's how you find the people that you want to work with yeah. you know are the people who are willing to go and just for the sake you know go for the sake of it i mean my my cinematographer he's um He's an electrician, uh, but he has a, he has a photography company and he does you know like photo shoots and all that, and you know he he works on my films and it's just like this really creatively free experience for him you know and it's like a fulfilling part of the process and he loves being a part of it and he's doing it just for the sake of wanting to be a part of it and explore yeah. that sort of creative being, side.
2: Yeah. Being part of the creative process. Yeah. Getting yep. that creative side out, you know?
1: And what I find is that it's hard to find people like that, you know, like the, uh, a lot
2: of people are busy nowadays, man. I mean, well, like, sure.
1: The older, the older we get, yeah, the busier, the busier we are. Yeah. I mean, that's, that that's certainly for sure. But
2: yeah. there, there's a, I mean, I, there's a specific group of kids i have gone through my, not kids anymore. I mean, they're, they're growing up and everything and they're actually doing some great stuff in the industry now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good to see that you know. I mean, like they actually took it seriously, and and they did. They, they go to film school. Um, one of them didn't actually, and but then again, he's got that natural, once again, that natural talent and that natural drive that's motivated him. I mean, like he was, he's doing you know he, a lot of crew work uh, right now. He just finished work. I don't even know if I'm so allowed to say it, but the one that I am allowed to say that that he was on, he was on Bad Boys, Bad Boys for Life. Oh, the, the, the one, one that just one? came yeah. out or it's about to come out. Yeah, yeah. he was a uh, second unit in second Miami, in second unit in Miami which is cool um I, I remember he texted me and he got home and i'm sitting in a meeting right now with jerry bruckheimer which is pretty badass you know um wow. so yeah i mean like you st- we start hearing names and stuff but like okay then this kid's on his way mm-hmm. um and right now i have kids in my class who who are um they write their own script i mean like okay so we have this ongoing film it's becoming a trilogy now okay so <laughs> Ten years we filmed. It was with Wilson, again with the art teacher. Um, We had people from uh, the Florida Film Institute, which is a great organization in South Florida, who's basically designed to get kids in high school to make movies, and they get they get the local filmmakers and um, to tutor them, to mentor them. You know, these are people who work in the movies. They tutor high school kids, and it's absolutely free. Florida Film Institute. Just Google it. They're great, and that's. Uh, Stephanie Martino, the creator of, uh, the director of the program now has teamed that up. It's grown up now. That's how the dual enrollment program works. It's like a three, it's like a four entity thing. So you have FFI, Florida Film Institute who created the program, who's now joined with Dade, Miami Dade film to legitimize it with the college thing. So you're talking about extrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Like what am I getting out of it? Uh, and there was a couple of kids who were in my after school program who were just doing it for the college credit. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine, you know? Uh, but the majority of the kids were there because they loved it. And actually, the program takes place after school from 2.30 to 5.30, mm-hmm. um, Mondays and Wednesdays. So the school day is already six and a half hours. So they're there for an additional three hours. They're putting in nine hour work days, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and, well, not work days, because the, the, the educational experiences. Yeah, educational experiences. Yeah, we don't get anybody into trouble. So they're there and they want to be there because they love it. But there you know, some people who took the class, and so like, okay, cool. I, I got my screenwriting. It was cool to take a screenwriting class, but I yeah, know I'm not going to be a filmmaker and they just leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we team up with the Children's Trust, the one that provides all the money uh, through the grant that Stephanie wrote. Uh, and then they County Public Schools provides the classes in the school, you know. Um, so we have like this trilogy of movies. It's called Unauthorized. And it started over 10 years ago as uh, I played this father. I'm like the worst dad <laughs> in this. All right. So I played this father who's, um, who has a gambling problem. Okay. And then Wilson, the art teacher. He's like a hitman who works for this larger entity who's n- who wasn't really defined in the first movie. It was more about the conflict. So somehow my daughter gets uh, involved. She we, For some reason, we both have the same, you know, like the drawstring Nike bags and stuff mm-hmm. um, that were really popular, you know, like 10 years ago. So I have... It's like a MacGuffin in the bag. Something's in the <laughs> bag, you know? right? And she, of course, she takes that bag <laughs> and then her school bag gets left behind. Of course, we have both the same bag. So um the hitman ends up going back to ferguson he knocks me out so i'm a little bit behind he goes back to ferguson to to go find my daughter and retrieve this thing of value a lot of people die in this movie (laughs) 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 and and, you're like now with everything that's that's happening in schools you know it's become you know it's it's a taboo thing and we got to treat it with with respect you know Mm -hmm. um But then the kids saw it and the movie is, it's so bad. It's good, you know, and it's, and and I don't mind showing it. I I just act in that movie. This is when the film program was just beginning. I remember I came in kind of like after the fact, I just taught, I was just teaching one of the, no, I was still teaching special ed at at that time. Mm -hmm. So the film program had started in a way, with the original TV production teacher. So it wasn't even a film program. It was just like FFI contacted Ferguson, hey, you want want to do this thing, teach the kids how to make movies, so whatever. So we made the movie. It was just an actor there. Horrible acting, all right? But you know what? I don't mind showing it. So about eight years later, um, I showed it here and there, and then these kids, freshman year, they said, we're going to make a sequel to this. And when they became seniors, we made a sequel to it. And they made, it was such a great script. Um... Now, it wasn't, my, it wasn't my daughter. It was my son. Um, Wilson comes back for revenge. And, and they just <laughs> wanted to make it like like taken on steroids. And just over up, the top. Over the top as much as possible. Uh, we had an African-American teacher who, who was in the original film. And he was actually the first person to die inadvertently. You know, I mean, so they ran with that trope. So they rehired him again. And, of course, he died first. <laughs> <laughs> and he the way that he died in the original film it was so funny because he just kind of like fell forward um even though he was actually you know like shot from the front but he fell forward so (laughs) i guess this the a film on that one would be great so um and so we brought him back and we recast it was like really really cheesy lines all of a sudden i'm like i'm a cop now um so this year um we have a group of kids and they wrote part three so it's officially a trilogy now Uh, there's three scripts only two movies exist so if everything goes right you know uh, we'll be able wilson has to be on board Mm -hmm. um so of course we're gonna go all x2 x-men united on this because we're gonna join forces (laughs) now
3: To the, un- the universe expands yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah 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 so we're gonna now we're gonna fight like the larger entity who's been manipulating this whole thing so right, I guess they've been pulling the strings <laughs> the, the, the strings. you know what I mean I guess that seems to be like a very popular theme nowadays and yeah, yeah. you know in series all
1: the way you know you never knew anything about them when they just show up right in the last movie yeah
3: the, F- <laughs> the FCU the Ferguson cinematic universe yeah man yeah, no, well it's the UCU it's the
2: unauthorized cinematic Uku Uku <laughs> Well, that's interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, that
1: whole series, all all three of them are different creative teams with different. So, yeah, I'll put their own spin on
3: it. That's pretty interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then that's, I guess, that's endemic of what we're trying to do in we our program. Have, we should have a counter right yeah, $10 words. Just, just put it, like, or put it in the comments below or something. I mean, I guess yeah. we'll have the users who, who do like, all the words and either look it up or we'll make it an assignment. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You got homework this week, <laughs> homework. kids. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, like it's it's that's what we do, you know. I mean, like we have fun. I I teach them the concepts. Uh, we don't have the most expensive toys to play with. Mm-hmm. I wish I could do more, you know, with um, with with cinematography specifically, uh, with lenses and stuff. Because most of the stuff that we shoot, we shoot like on on camcorders. Uh, we have w- one DSLR. Um, and that's like, I guess, when you get to senior year, you get to play with the big camera.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but the cool thing about it is that the kids who are really serious about it, they go out and get their own stuff. You know, when we were very fortunate to work in a pretty, you know, decent neighborhood, and um, they can afford stuff, or they go out and get jobs and get stuff. So, once again, it's all typical. I mean, like we have fun there. It's it's motivating.
3: Are um, you familiar with donors choose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has you used it to your advantage, or
2: we used it once to uh, fund. We used to take international trips um so we actually added like a different dimension to it like we took a trip to uh paris and uh we did like a little french film thing with them
3: um holy shit where the heck was this seriously i really
1: should have gone to ferguson i'm telling you bro yeah i know i missed out the far
3: the furthest we made it was an idea to go to new york no we went to new york
2: too we went to new york we went to la went to paris we went to sent we went to five different countries in central europe not on the same year it was just like you know in between years the farthest we got was China.
1: I think the furthest we ever got was PBS down in uh, downtown. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the furthest we ever got.
2: Yeah. Uh, at Coral Park. Yeah. So donors choose, we decided I don't even know if we ended up using it because we we fundraise like crazy. hmm Like we well, that's good. borrowed wow. and steel to, to fund those trips because they're not expensive. They're not cheap trips, you know? Yeah. Um and that's how we okay. get the equipment as well, you know. I mean, you have to be selective with what I buy too, because money's limited.
3: Right. Of course. Crazy. Yeah humongous impact. All right. Let me ask you this. As a teacher and you were talking about, like, you know, the quality of your of the work your students give you. Sometimes it's really great and they're learning. Sometimes it's kind of shoddy. Yeah. Um. What's your biggest pet peeve? What's the one thing that you just like you'll blow a raspberry when you're looking at it? Or you, you're just like.
2: Oh, the actual like the end of the end of the product.
3: Yeah. What's your biggest pet peeve, whether it's academic or just personally just don't like it? It's just
2: lack of originality. I mean, you know, I have high expectations for my kids. I mean, like they could go out and basically, you know, just do something that's been done a million times before. I never show. I very hardly ever show what the previous group of kids have done. I do like I change up the projects, but it's like the same concept. You Mm -hmm. know, you got to teach the big concept. You know, like um, for example, continuity editing. You know, and how to do that because that's what the way most movies are made. Um, So like, how I'm gonna teach it this year? Okay, I'm gonna do this, but I never show them the previous person who did that project um, their job, because they'll just go out and copy it, you know? And it's not because they're lazy. It's because they're, they're afraid of, they're afraid of failure, I think.
3: Um, so they'll stick to the blueprint of Yeah.
2: And that's when, if I don't show them that, you know, they they come up with some crazy, really good shit, you know? Um, so my biggest pet, pee- pet peeve is that it's boring and original and un- and unoriginal. Um and, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I don't know if that was bigger than what you expected, mm-hmm. um, but to be honest honest with you, I mean, like, I, it's okay if they make mistakes here and there. You know, I mean, there's, there's still kids. No,
3: yeah, of course, your students are learning.
2: Yeah, but it's just boring and unoriginal is what sucks to me.
1: Well, especially in a medium like that where if they're just starting out, I mean, they have no conception of what the rules are or what, what the things that they can do yeah. are they're going to be looking for repeatable models. I mean, I know I was like that. Like when I was first starting out, I was making movies that looked and sounded like movies, but they didn't have the, 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 the core, weren't I guess, originality. The they you know? weren't
2: you, like they don't, like for example, okay. They don't use the concepts that are there mm-hmm. to able to create the meaning that they want to do. I mean, like, like for example, like for example, like the, the, the ideas that I had were great. I just wasn't aware of the concepts or went out of my way to learn the concepts, to be able to get that idea out there better. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so yeah, that's my pet peeves, man. It's just like boring, unoriginal work. They're just fulfilling, you know, what they need to do f- for the rubric. Um, I'm happy with a C because, you know, I, I did it. Mm-hmm. That's that's my biggest pet peeve.
1: Have uh, when you're showing films, I guess in in film one, because that's mostly where you do that one. Uh, I love teaching that class. Do you ever have kids uh, contest the quality of the of the movies you're showing them?
2: Yeah, dude, we just finished watching um, Pulp Fiction in class. And you know, and that's the reason why I don't show any Star Wars movies in my class. I'm very protective of those. Oh, even, okay. Even the bad ones, you know? Um, <sighs> my God. Um, I'm very protective of the Star Wars films. Um, Pulp Fiction, though, is just something that I love to share, you know? And uh, we had a really good discussion with my fourth period, Film 1, this year. And they seemed not to... Well, both classes. I only have two level one classes this year. Uh, they seem not to. It's not. It's not that it pissed me off that they didn't like. Some of them didn't like it, even though it really didn't. You know, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question? I'm sorry, I lost track.
1: No, a- any kids contesting the quality of the movies you're showing them? Yeah, you know yeah. Pulp Fiction.
2: Yeah, Pulp Fiction. I mean, like some of them did contest the quality. Like this one kid just basically said, oh, "We do like a rating system, you mm-hmm. know, for kids." and we all, all of us innately like to organize stuff you mm-hmm. know it's just who we are you know whether oh people are gonna, oh, you give ratings to movies like actually somebody came up to me and said how do you make your kids rate movies how do you rate art how do you do that <laughs> dude because it's fun bro you know i'm mean? like <laughs> shit you know so um and they're kids so one kid is like oh i give this movie a one star out of five. I'm like, well, what's wrong with you? And I, I joke around with them, and I say, like, OK, guys, that's what, you know, doing drugs looks like. <laughs> 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 so, and, and, you know, the, the kid knows, like I said, like I established, like, oops, like a good um, um, learning environment in my class. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the kids know that I'm not being malicious and stuff. But
3: what was the argument behind the one star?
2: The one star, it's like he didn't appreciate uh, he couldn't get past the nonlinear structure of the film. Okay. um and he thought that the movie was pointless that there was nothing going on and even though we did have a really good discussion for the most part with the class um he was so like dead set against like he it, he d-
1: he'd already decided before he, he even, even yeah was willing to have a conversation about it yeah
2: um mm. uh, but that was kind of like a negative thing like when they test me okay like for example like I don't show any bad films. You okay. know, I, I don't. I mean, like, the films that I show are good in one way or another, whether it's classics or new ones. I've had to modify, like, my approach lately because as much as it hurts, you know, like, showing showing some of the classics, you know, like, they were slower, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. with the different, different eras. Uh, and they don't capture the attention as much as possible, so I've been showing a lot more newer films that are excellent to show the concepts, uh, which... Then the history gets affected, of course, because like they haven't seen the Godfather yet, you know,
3: Um, which is a crime. Yeah, but um, but even like showing that in school, like that, you you can't show it to its full. To its full, the respect it deserves. You can't sit do a three-hour sitting and watch The Godfather.
2: No, we. That's another thing that affects. it, Because we, that one would take three class periods to watch it, because we only have ninety minutes. And yeah. there, there's, I you know, I pause the film. We talk about things. I explain concepts, this and that, as we teach it. Like for example, like we were reading, like a literature passage in, in from a textbook. Mm-hmm. You know, the teacher takes pauses, and you ask questions, and you ask for, and you also have to be looking out for the well-being of a kid because. Alright, so let me just answer the question that you asked about you know about testing me. I don't mind people testing me, you know, just as long as you have a valid, you know, a valid um argument, mm-hmm. you know, because I, do, I I'm not like okay, Pulp Fiction play, yeah, gangsters doing gangster shit. You know, I th- there's a reason why we're watching it, you know. That was the end of the editing unit. So I showed like a more complex film a, a film with more complex editing at the end. I'm not gonna show that to start the editing. Uh, unit, because I'm assuming that you got to lay a baseline. You know? So I do more something more traditional. Okay. So even though that he has accumulated all this knowledge, and the kid had an A in class, the kid's smart. Um, he he still didn't get it, you know. Um, and he wasn't he wasn't willing to recognize it as maybe it wasn't his type of movie, but he wasn't willing to recognize the 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 artistic validity of of what Tarantino attempted to do with the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and that bothers me but as far as like having discussion about you know like different opinions and about approaches and what the director's intent was and whatever um i mean that's cool i mean that those are great discussions um and i and i like that i don't mind being tested that way and for the most part once again they're not being dicks about it you know i'm like oh well, let me just say i hate pulp fiction because i'm gonna be a dick <laughs> you just you <laughs> so just want to light them on fire yeah yeah uh have any
1: of your kids ever changed your mind on a on a film or, or change your perspective in, in a big way
2: yeah, none of the movies that I show, because I'm, dude. I mean, you, it's very difficult for me to change my opinion on it. But actually, my opinion has gotten better, maybe. Um, but more of the movies that they like and that they see um, that I originally didn't appreciate. Um, I guess one that's slowly growing on me, even though I haven't finished watching, it, is like Scott Pilgrim. You know. You yeah, haven't okay. okay. Yeah, and I know that you're a big fan of of. Edgar Wright, yeah, yeah,
1: he's he's one of my favorites. Yeah,
2: um, if slowly but surely they're eroding my hatred for Joker.
1: <laughs> so that was exactly the one I was going to lean into. Yeah. Is that I imagine that one's probably pretty popular amongst oh, amongst the kids. It. Yeah, yeah.
2: And and the reason why I, I, it's slowly getting away because I don't I'm being that guy, you know. Like for example, their Joker to them is like Pulp Fiction was to me, mm-hmm. you know, because it came out. and It's mostly the seniors have seen it, you know. I mean, all the kids have seen it already. Um, but I just, you know, I. That movie. Forward, that's a separate conversation, but I can't. I can't. I'm doing exactly what that kid who didn't like Pulp Fiction.
0: Where you're just planting
2: your feet in the ground and you're not willing to listen, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So to answer your question, that would be a great example of that. They've they've actually, you know, started to change my mind on it. You know, I still have my issues with the film. Um, but how do you feel about it getting leading the nominations? It's mind blowing, bro. I mean, how do you guys think about that? It's just it's I think crazy. it's
1: it's crazy that a comic book movie is is leading. I mean, here's the thing, right? Is that Joker, if if you are studied, right? Like, I mean, it's not it's not too far removed from Taxi Driver or The King of Comedy, right? Like, I mean, it, it wears its inspirations really prominently on its sleeve. Yeah. But a lot of people haven't, don't have that same education, right? They haven't seen that kind of idea presented to them. Mm-hmm. So when they see it in this context with a character they know and a character that they recognize, I think that's why people are really, really latching onto it. Because, you know, most comic book movies don't, don't treat their audiences like that. You know, a lot of comic book movies are we have to go get the thing because the bad guy has the thing, and then we're going to go fight the bad guy. But this is slower. It's like a character study. You know, and I think I think that's probably the most surprising aspect of it is that it's it's a different kind of of movie. I mean, I don't think it's like I don't I don't think it deserves best picture if you ask me personally. I mean, I haven't but,
3: seen it, so I but I'm also. I'm gonna to plan to watch it eventually, but it just never caught my attention when I hit in the theaters. I heard the movie was problematic, and the Joker just became kind of like this logo for just like, you know, that men, men that go their own way community. That whole underbelly. Well, I feel like I
1: feel like that's a lot more like media perception of it than anything else, right? Because there are, I mean, I'm sure there are lots of people like that, and there are underlings on Reddit and all that crap where that yeah. that's a poster boy of that situation, but. Like anything else on the internet, very very small groups get to seem very very loud. Yeah, because they're posting all the time, right? And most mm. people who are going to the theater, they don't, they're they're not invested in anything like that. They're just going to the movie to go see the movie. You know, them
3: in nineteen seventeen are leading the noms or, um. Well, Joker's got 11,
2: 11
1: and, and then 11. I think Once I think one in has ten, oh, okay. and nineteen seventeen have ten.
3: Yeah. And then
2: actually, like, the majority, there's, like, a, a huge chunk of them that are at the top who have multiple, like, mm-hmm. like 10, 11, well, 11, 10, 9, and 8 nominations, and then, like, I think Ford versus Ferrari ended up having, like, two. There's only a, a couple of who have, like, yeah. minimal, you know. Dude, it's and such Uncut a Gems crime. got shut
1: out. It's such a crime that yeah. Ford v. Ferrari got it over <laughs> Uncut Gems for Best Picture.
2: Well, they could have easily put it in, but the, the formula that they got is almost impossible to get ta- ten, mm-hmm. 10 films according to what the Academy is doing because of the convoluted formula they have. I
1: know, but not even – have you seen Uncut Gems?
2: Yeah, it's awesome. Dude, I,
1: I really feel – I mean, I don't know if Sandler deserves the award, but he deserved an, a, a nomination. nomination at the very least it's such a change of pace for him and he fits into that role so well yeah. like he's had such an incredible arc you yeah. know to be able to to end up in a place like this and it's like they don't even
2: they don't <laughs> even really care i guess well just just to go back and just finish with the whole thing about mm-hmm. about i mean like i know many issues with the film don't you know but I, like I was saying earlier i don't want to be like that kid who didn't want to see the, the validity and the whole that i saw you know, so the kids are doing Joe or whatever. But there was one moment. Uh, there was one kid. He's awesome. He's a sophomore. He's freaking great. He always brings like he looks like a bazaar of movies that he lays out. Like, have like, you ever been like somewhere like on the street? Oh, r- rolls the thing out and <laughs> it just yeah. And then the cops come, and just runs out. You know, <laughs> you so he always brings them out. So one day, like this is like we had a really good discussion about Joker, the ones who had seen it, uh, and he brings a cameo comedy. He brings Taxi Driver and he puts it out. He goes, <laughs> Look, to look what I got. He, he just set me up. It was like, <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> it was an awesome assist. It was LeBron to AV. Like, look, to look what I brought. He's like, Oh, you brought Joker. And he high fired me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yep. And then the kids are like, Joker, like, You know? So, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that story because it was fun. Um, going back to the Oscars, like, it's ironic, though? So, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's Bro, like, that film brings up so many different conversations that you can have about the impact that it's had. Um, One of the cool things about IB, the IB film class, is that you look at, you research film from various perspectives. They call it cultural contexts. You know, so you can look at Joker from various cultural contexts, like the sociological effects of psychological effect, the uh, economic effect, uh, political effects, you know, because that movie is very, very
0: political. The course. has been politicized,
2: um, which is awesome. So that's a really long discussion that you can have about one film, uh, but the cool thing about it is that the reason why the Oscars expanded to 10, up to 10 films was because Dark Knight being shut out in, you know, when, in 2008? Uh, well, so Dark Knight came out in a way, so I guess that would have been the 2009 Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was a it way in a way. So now uh, Look How Far We've Come, you know, the movie with the most nominations is is, is a comic book movie. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, which is different, you know, and it says a lot about, I uh, mean, you can talk about a lot about where that movie came from. Uh, what created that movie? Why is that movie that way? Mm-hmm. You know, um, why do they make the Joker represent, like you were saying, you know, a specific group of people who have latched onto that character, you know? Is the movie responsible you know, I wanted to really say something about our society. I think mean, it's a society, society, you know? Yeah, understand. we live in a society. We yeah. live in a society, you <laughs> know. Or you could just say that, that Todd Phillips, you know, was pissed off that he couldn't make his pee pee and poopy joke, so he decided to make the Joker. That's true. That is that is one way you could go around it. Because, I mean,
1: Todd Phillips, he, he's not as well versed on, on all this stuff. So Todd Phillips is the guy behind the Hangover. Okay. So the guy, you know, to go from Hangover to Joker seems like an incredible sort of leap, you know? But he did do a lot of interviews beforehand, where it was, you know, he was talking about how the, the polarization of the culture and how he feels that like, you know you can't really make certain kinds of jokes anymore. And and I re- we got into a discussion about that when when, when the movie had first come out about uh, how it seemed that you were, I think you were saying that the film that the elements that made the film good almost seemed like they happened
2: by accident. Well, I mean, it's no, I think the movie is good
0: because
2: he has an all star freaking. I mean, like he's got and cats, He's got Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, of course. He's, I mean, the. I, I'm not even going to attempt to remember even pronounce. Sorry, the the composer of the score. Mm-hmm. And she's great, and hopefully she'll win the Academy Award for it because she'll be the first woman to win. Um, maybe she's. I don't think she's the first woman to be nominated for best original score. No way, really? I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh it's, wow! Because either she's going to be the first to be nominated or the first to win. Cinematography is gorgeous. Yeah. That that was what really surprised me about yeah. the film was the photography. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's just the script is where I find it lacking. I mean, the script is kind of, okay, it's, you know, it's rehashing these old films and people say, oh, don't forget about network because there's no the whole network. That's true. Yeah. That network is, is part of it. But I feel like network is, is
1: trying to say something different. than I feel like it borrows way more heavily yeah. from Taxi
2: Driver and that, that side of Scorsese's filmography Yeah. Than and the cool thing is that Scorsese was attached to it to produce at one point, but I think he got too busy with Irishman or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I mean, um, it's, it's cool to talk about the movie in, in different ways, I guess, and how it has affected. I mean, it's, it's, it's a piece of art, it's film. Um, and I think it goes beyond whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know? And that's what I'm trying to instill in my kids, you know, be able to defend your movie from um, a movie that you like. Like you asked me earlier, I mean, like I have kids that have actually you know, like contested me or something. Well, let's have a good academic conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they rise up to, to the challenge. Which that's good. Cool. That's yeah. that's
1: good to hear. Because you do, most of the time you seem, or uh, how it goes, most of the time that I'm talking to people about movies, it is more like sort of they plant their feet in the ground and are not really willing to, to discuss it or even recognize something that maybe they didn't like, but maybe that it's, you know, it has some sort of cultural significance. But I think that's the mark of any of any good conversation if people are willing to to, really to recognize those things. Um, anyway, I know you got to get out of here, so I want to I want to wrap it up with with uh, of the thin of the films that were nominated.
2: Who's your Who's your front runner? The ones that I want to win, or you think it's going to win?
1: Uh, well, both. I mean, I... all right. So
2: I think Parasite is pretty perfect. Yeah, um, that's that's my that's my pick as well. Yeah, um, that's what I think should win. Who I best picture? Of who I think I want to win is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, it's just Quentin needs his best picture, man. Quentin needs his best director. Well, it's his most personal movie. Uh, yeah. Any of the ones that it, I mean,
1: just that whole. I know you haven't seen it, so I won't go into too much detail. But the sequence where Leo's talking to the the child actress about the about the book he's reading, the cowboy who like used to be able to do it so well when he was uh, when he was younger, and now he has trouble getting up on his horse and he hurts, and it's just like it felt. It felt like the movie had just sort of like the edges of the screen had faded away, yeah. and Tarantino was talking right to me, yeah. and it was like it was really interesting to see him be that, um, oh, just, yeah, that honest, that personal. Yeah. And you know, when you're used to you know him blowing up the shit out of Nazis, and, you know, blowing the shit up out of you know, God knows what else, to to see that it's a, it's it's a really nice change of
2: pace for him. You it's know? really introspective, you know. I and mean, the cool thing is, is that I mean. I'm, I'm going to ask him, like, why are you doing this type of movie now? I mean, like, I know there's a whole thing about the 10 movies that you're going to do. Are you already starting to look back at your filmography, and this is going to be like, you're, okay, this is me looking back on it, and I'm going to do some badass, crazy shit with my last one, because I can Um, because Scorsese did that with the, with the Irishman, you know, I mean, like, that's pretty much with the Irishman, yeah. was, especially the third act. Um, but the, I really appreciated that, and I love how you said that, like, it's kind of like the, the frame went away, and... He's just basically sharing stuff, and I find it really problematic and frustrating when people say that it's Tarantino being indulgent, it's not being indulgent, he's being honest. You know, and he's being honest about what he loves, he's being honest about an era that he loves, um, he's, I, I don't want to say too much, I because mean, you haven't seen the movie, but, mm-hmm. um, the things that he's done lately with, uh, with, uh, you know, like what he did with Django, what he mm-hmm. did with *Inglorious Bastards, um, I think that's fun, and we had a good discussion in class about it. Like, why did Tarantino do what he did with with uh, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? It's because he can, and he wants to, and not because he's being indulgent. It's because it means a lot to him. Mm-hmm. And why not create worlds that are valuable to the filmmaker
1: through his his art? Yeah, I mean that that that's really the most impactful, I guess aspect of film really is that especially when it comes from from someone whose vision is so singular like that where it's just like everything is so intentional everything is so expertly crafted you can get a degree of of honesty and see a side of a person that you know you wouldn't maybe normally be able to see just in regular I guess conversation or and you can create you can create a connection you know you don't even have to be in the room in order to create that connection you can create that connection with you know a group of 300 or 400 strangers you know yeah, yeah. And, and everyone has, everyone has their own experience
2: with the film, even though they all want to go see the same thing. And then I was just going to, you brought up an extra layer, because I wanted to bring on Joker again. I mean, like, Joker didn't come from that. Joker mm-hmm. didn't come from that, from, a, from, from an artistic perspective. I don't know, I mean, like, it was irresponsible. But then again, when you bring in the social aspect of it, talking of our cultural context, you know, like, that movie did affect people, regardless of where it came from. In a way, so you can't ignore that aspect as well. Um, but I think that holistically, though, um, as, as a film, once upon a time, Hollywood came from uh, from an artistic... It um, was birthed from art. Mm-hmm. Well, whereas Joker just came from somewhere weird and it became art because you have a bunch of good people working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you can't count out how it affects the, soul, you know, yeah. the audience as well. Um, it really frustrates me that, that Greta Gerwig wasn't of her best director. Um, yeah, that's true. She's got a picture party. with Little Women and she's not in the, she's not in the category. Yeah, I mean, like, dude. And, and it's not because, oh, you got to nominate women, you got to nominate women. I mean, like, which, I mean, you got to nominate the, the quality of the work. Yeah. And I think the quality of the work that she did with that film, I mean, like, she's going to be forced to be right. She already is. I mean, yeah, Lady Bird was great. Yeah, you know, Bird. I mean, that showed me a different side of,
1: of that whole coin that I never even considered, right? Because I'm, I'm a dude. I've never had that kind of relationship with my mother or anything like that to yeah. see... To see that played out that way, I really want to see Little Women. The only reason I haven't seen it yet is because I want to. I want to read the book first. But go see it.
2: I mean, have you seen any previous Little Women? No, I've, little, never, I, I've never. <laughs>
1: I've never. I've never. I've never dabbled in Little Women before. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just that I'm reading a lot more now. You know, like I'm going out of my way to read stuff because you okay. know, a writer who doesn't read is like an equestrian without a horse, right? I mean, it doesn't. Mm-hmm doesn't make any sense so yeah. that's really more why I want to read it more than anything okay yeah read it check
2: yeah. it out I mean it's I'm sure you can find it somewhere yeah yeah know, sure um, it's, it's a classic film so. um but check it out But then no check out the movie because it's cool I mean it's cool what she does with it she messes around with the it's with the structure of the film Once again um it, it, even though the movie takes place during the civil war it feels like it's 2020 and she she didn't do what you know it's a stylistic choice that coppola put um you know, sneakers, like a pair of Converse, and marriage one that. You know, something like okay. It's not anachronistic, but it feels so current and it's so subtle and cool about it. You know, like when you're watching it, like, you know, she's saying something that means a lot. That's relevant to That's relevant there. to yeah. women specifically. Yeah. And then also to men and the role that we play in their lives too, you know. Um, it's a beautiful film. Yeah. No, I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. Greg Edwards
1: is very is a very talented director, so yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So um, when like,
2: when you were rooting for this, well, like project, I said, I know I, I got to go and do homework, but I don't give a shit. Well, hey man, awesome. whatever. Next,
1: uh, <laughs> you're welcome to come back on the and show whenever, whenever you want, man. Cool. Um, no, my my front row is Parasite for sure. I mean, absolutely full full stuff. I actually. Uh, my my mom's doing the online school right now, and just before her class started, I'm like, okay, look, we need to sit down. We need to watch Parasite so you know how much of a crime it is when it doesn't win Best Picture, and because uh, it's just it comes out on Blu-ray next week, two weeks, the 28th, I think. No, I have, I have. I mean, we we uh, we were streaming it because they they have it on uh, Oh, it's already streamed? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, but no, it's just the the Bong Joon Ho is just like a master craftsman. You know, like I mean, he just creates these these. These whole worlds in something as tiny as even like just one one house, and I I, I can't. Here's the problem, right? Is that he has got homework of his own yeah. because we're we're doing a, we're doing a 2019 wrap up next week with uh, the guy we had on last week and a friend of mine. So he has homework of his own to do, and one of the films he hasn't seen is Parasite. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 tough to talk around what what really makes it so so compelling, but it's just the the, the characterization and just the level of. of I don't know. if Sincerity is the right word, but it really, it really does have a, a degree of, of, of realism to it. Even the more ridiculous aspects of it, yeah. it has this degree of realism to it, where you're just, you're really connecting with why this family is doing what they're doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that's ultimately what made it so compelling.
2: Yeah, from a, from a, even from a culture that's completely foreign.
1: So of course,
0: of that, course, which
2: is great. You know, I mean, like, it makes you see things from different perspectives and stares just. Stairs. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. stairs. Stairs. Um,
0: stairs.
2: Okay. Think yeah. about the stairs and how they present stairs and people have moved, how they move on those stairs in that movie. It's not the way they move, it's just how they are moved and the way that they move
3: on. There's, there's a thematic quality to it. Yeah. It's, it's stairs. Way okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind watching. What's um, that? Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then it's... Which was the third one I have to watch? Lighthouse Parasite? No. Not, well, Lighthouse is not nominated for this picture no. But it's okay. Well, I mean, summer's also, A24 didn't get like any nominations this year, yeah,
1: that's that's insane, especially considering the quality of their output. Yeah. Um, no, so but as far as, as Best Picture, okay, so 4B Ferrari is nominated, Once Upon a Time is nominated, Parasite, The Irishman is nominated, Two Popes is nominated, which he's seen. Two Popes is nominated? Yeah, yeah. Best Picture. For
3: Best Picture? Yeah. That's okay. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel no. you know, like I remember hearing that, no? No, no, I don't think so. Or is it... It's either, it's well, either... It Hopkins is nominated for Best Supporting Actor and the other guy's nominated for Best Actor, I know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, they, they got the acting, I think it was a screenplay
2: nomination, but I don't know about Best Picture. I
0: don't know why uh, I would to talk about this, name. Hollywood, mean.
2: Parasite, 1917, um, Little Women, Ferrari, Ferrari. four Ferrari, uh, Jojo. That's right, Jojo Rabbit. That's six. Another uh, favorite. So there's three. Irishman? Did the say Irishman?
0: Irishman? I don't think he said Irishman. Joker.
2: Joker's also nominated. And there's one
0: more. Is it the two votes? I'm
1: pretty, because Hollywood Reporter, typically they have a director's round table that they do every year, and the guy who directed uh, that one, who also did City of God, um, he was at the round table. I am I mean, typically the people who are at that round table are people who have either best director or best uh, best picture nominations. Yeah. Okay, um, I, that. I got Yeah, I gotta I got double check it, but I'm almost certain that I saw it on there, which is why I added it to my Netflix queue. Mm-hmm. Well, that and the fact that City God directed it—I can't remember his name for the life of me. Maybe huh? May-ay-us is his last name. is yeah. Um, but as far as who I think is going to win, I mean, I, that's always such a crapshoot, right? Because there, there's always that like Green Book level upset that can that can happen <laughs> just out of the blue.
2: No one's expecting haven't. it. I don't think there's any film this year that's a Green Book. I don't think we have anything. No, there's to a lot
1: bad. of great film. There's yeah. a lot of there's you know. There's a lot of great, like truly great films that are nominated. I mean, I, I don't know. I Parasite's my my favorite, but I think if we're going to give it to anyone... I, I don't know. I feel like
2: Irishman's probably going to get it. I don't. Brother, well, Irishman's been shut out of uh, the whole award season. Hasn't much shit. No. I mean, that might that might be the fact that the whole
1: Netflix thing, right? They're still sort of looking at it, looking down on it, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe. Who, I mean, who's to say if. Uh, if they'll actually, they actually will get it. I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe because of the fact that it's on Netflix and it has a certain quality to it, where Steven Spielberg's like, oh, you know, it should qualify for an Emmy and not, you know, not a real. That it? Well, it, he said that about Netflix movies, not about Irishmen specifically. You because know, they're trying, they're trying to be part of the the big dogs, right? They're trying to be, you know, they're trying to cater to the big films as well as these like smaller indies, and they want those awards because that prestige is a level of not
2: validation, but. um Legitimacy, I well, guess. Another cultural context you could bring in. You yeah. know what I mean, like dude. I mean, you have actually had, had Roma. Yeah. Who won a shitload of awards and, and then I got How, many, how many? Well, he won. It, it didn't win the Best Picture. Oh yeah, Best Picture. And then you had what, one. Um, he won how many Oscars? Like, he won four. Well, he got he Best Director, didn't he? he, he directing, cinematography, yeah. I think editing, and I forgot the fourth one. I think he walked away with four trophies, mm-hmm. right? uh, but not a big one. Um, screen? No, no, he didn't win Screenplay. I like know he yeah. had four. I think he tied the record for the most Oscar-fired person in one year. But it didn't win a Best Picture, maybe because of Netflix, and they gave it to Green Book, which is kind of like, rough,
0: Anyways.
2: Um, I know, but this year, like a buddy of mine, uh, he said that even the least deserving movie this year to win Best Picture would have been much better than Green Book. Than <laughs> Green Book? Yeah,
1: pretty, pretty much anything nominated this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, if know. You, which, if you ask me, it's perfect. Right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for it's Fun it's, be, I liked it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; I enjoyed it. But to see, well, think, no, to I see was, that get shut out. I think 1917 is a little bit. In terms of the with everything I've seen. You think so? I I, don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, cinematography is beautiful. The way going is going to win. But I don't The movie wasn't too captivating. Yeah, exactly. But I think I also came in thinking it's going to be this grand war epic. I mean. It was a, something a lot more personal, but... Yeah, it was personal, and it felt
2: very, like, from the same guy I was talking to he said, it felt, well, it was actually one of my love. because he felt it felt very, you can see the, the plot working. You should never see the plot working. I mean, you could see the the machinery of the of that one or two.
1: Of yeah, you know, and I think that just comes from the fact
2: that it's, it's
1: structured to all look like one night or like a, a day and a half, right, That's so right. you do have that that stretch where you don't have those, those cuts, right, that, like, give you a certain amount of pacing yeah, that, that yeah. you can normally expect from a film, it and that, really that makes it a lot easier to, to really just stay, I guess, I guess uh, engaged with it in that way where you can start to see those things. Because there's also kind of a separation where, like, the plot and the character stuff are sort of separate, you know? Like, they have that overarching goal of get to the front line or, or yeah. wherever it is they're going. Yeah. But then, especially after the, the scene with... Um, with his, with his partner or whatever. After, one, one, once he's gone, I mean, it's just. Dude! Oh, whoops.
3: i, I, I have <laughs> to you know, edit that oh. out. I have that out. Have you seen it's a movie? True. Yeah, oh, we, we went together. I'll okay. we to yeah. see say It yeah. was okay, it just didn't have. But I also went in thinking it's gonna be something completely different. It wasn't be like a war epic. But that was. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, mm-hmm.
2: it's a war movie, but it
3: wasn't. It's not well, an it actual certain, war movie.
2: There were actual epic scenes in it, like the final Oh, scene, that whole shot, yeah, of him running <laughs> oh, through yeah. the thing where it is going up. That's the best shot in the whole. Yeah, the that, whole thing. that was epic in nature, but the whole movie was just very, very compact. You know, uh, I guess it, it did learn, borrow, or was inspired a lot by Saving Private Ryan. I think, um, in you know the story aspect of it. Uh, even uh, though it originated from a very personal thing because it was like the stories of his grandfather, like, <clears> from, <throat> yeah. And World War One is all about like stories and writing home and, and how transformative that war was. You know, when it came to you know global conflict and stuff, it, it all changed because of that. Um, and I think it captured that aspect of it as well, you know. But um, I don't know. I don't even know if you could call that movie an ethnic war movie because it's so
3: local. Yeah. Even though you did see a lot of. I mean I, when it comes to like big scenes there wasn't
1: too much action no but I don't think they're, they're I mean part part of the the film I mean you need you need pacing right you need to have those quieter moments in between those big those big battles it can't just be two straight hours of, of, of no, no, no I'm not
3: saying two straight hours But I don't felt like nothing re- there wasn't no real big scene except towards the end and even that was just like you know one beautiful shot but I don't I just Cool. It's age-y. No, it didn't you. didn't engage me too much.
2: You know what I thought it was? Because they made it really clear from the beginning that the enemy was gone. You know, there was no Hun mm-hmm. present except for the guy who crashed, you know. Um, so, it was more like, it was the, the real conflict was the, versus the, the time. Yeah. You know? you know, is he gonna get there on time? As opposed to, you know, like, encountering, you know, like, Germans.
3: Yeah, that's and true. even, even yeah. with even like again, like running against the clock, I didn't feel like that was like a pressing conflict. I didn't yeah. feel like yeah that time was like being tracked, or it wasn't that type of like urgency. There wasn't a sense of urgency, like the whole in the house scene. I mean, they just do go,
2: yeah, why drink your milk and go? I mean, you got to get there. And like, even there was another scene later on when you have an unexpected character come up, mm-hmm. um, which I guess you know when you see the final shot, it makes sense of why it was there. Uh, but still, it takes away from that urgency, you know. Um, like, yeah, just the other little side tracks, and that's where the whole story comes in. Like you could see the script working. Yeah, you should never see the script working in a movie. Like, you shouldn't. So blatantly, mm-hmm. they should have done like a script to screen. Like you know how they do that on YouTube. Yeah,
3: yeah. Script screen at the same time. Okay. Ah, exactly I does that mean? Script to screen, script? script too? But you shouldn't see the script working.
1: Well, so I mean, like obviously, these
3: things have to be structured
1: in a certain way, and you have your, you know, whatever your point A or point B or whatever the their physical journey is, but then you have that emotional journey that's supposed to be on top of that. And the emotional journey, it, I mean, this is the way I've understood: it. the emotional journey is what masks that sort of plot. The plot helps generate the emotional, the emotional arc of whatever it is that the character is about to, to embark on, right? Mm-hmm. And ideally, both of those things are, are you know, they're they're constantly operating together, right? To such a degree where you're not like, oh, okay, so I, he has to go over here to go do this thing, and then, okay, now we're gonna go over here to do that thing. And you're not engaged with the guy as a character. You're not really engaged with him in like, the, the journey of wanting to see him go. You're like, okay, what's... gonna what come next? I, I guess I would just call it like a, a lack of immersion, you know, like if
2: you can really see the... the... Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know how else to describe it. It's, okay, so for example, um, like the plane crash. Mm-hmm. Okay, that needed to happen in order to take this to get the story going again, mm-hmm. or to add like a, I guess like a ah, shit. Like what? Um, the battery died.
1: Yeah. Or you ran out of tape. No, no, the battery died. Well, here's the thing, right? That one's still working, but now we don't have a camera on you. That's Probably. Right. <laughs> so uh,
0: you're better looking at me. Hold on. Keep
2: going.
1: I'm gonna look at the
0: battery. Okay.
2: So, like, you should never see, like, the okay, so the difference between plot and story. The story is what it was about, the plot is like, <clears throat> and, 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 and okay. And you should it's kind of like, okay, have we you ever been to New York's Statue of Liberty? Yeah. I mean, Utah is real, so, um, you know, the Statue of Liberty is there, and when you go inside it, you get to see what makes it stand. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the plot is that structure. Uh, from the outside, you see the beautiful statue and stuff. Um, and when you get to see the inner workings, or like going to Disneyland, we're going to Disney World. You right. know, you see behind the, the building. You know, you're not supposed to see those things, but you know that they're there. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, the certain things that happen in the story, they're delivered in the movie. They're deliberately there to keep advancing the plot. So, like Sergio was saying, the story wasn't. I guess um, it, it's it's a challenge. It was challenging because, because you only had two characters for most of the time mm-hmm. going to do it. They had its flaws about the, like you were saying about the the urgency of of, of the of time. time. Um, so they had to create these moments in order for it to keep it going. As yeah, a story. It had the
1: same narrative propulsion that yeah. you would expect out of a story. You yeah. Know?
2: Um, so, for example, Lord of the Rings is similar. You know, it's it's a mission, and but you get to know the characters. You care about the characters because of the way that. Um, that the story is written i mean like it's um how do i explain it um i guess well they have more time to play with cuz the movie's 3 hours long um but you don't see the you know what they call plot point 1 plot point 2 the beginning of act 1 the beginning of act 2 the beginning of act 3 um you know like the raising the stakes and then like you know the, it's like the little i mean it's 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 screenwriting 101 mm-hmm. and you get to see the screenwriting 101 You know, like, remember that, that, that diagram you learned in, in school when you were taking literature classes, you know, like the, the rising action, the new mon, whatever, you see that it's, it's there. Um, It's not carefully hidden through the nuances of the story. Yeah. And that, that bothered me about 1917. I mean, it's, you know, but otherwise, I mean, like technically the movie is freaking outstanding, you know? Um, So are you going to reward the movie for its technical merit or are you going to reward the movie for its, you know, holistic merit and stuff? You know I mean? Like. I wouldn't be surprised if it wins the best picture because it is a war film, mm-hmm. and it is the Oscars, um, and you have a director who's already won an Oscar, Sam Mendes, you know, uh, and it came from somewhere personal. and The, the script was nominated, wasn't it? Uh, maybe, yeah, I, I don't remember. But. So, and I think the thing that has that that's going against Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that it's not nominated for editing, uh, even though it hasn't been relevant recently. Um, back in the day, it was very seldom that a woman that a woman that a movie was not nominated for best editing one best picture. Okay. So we'll why that. is that? Because of the way that the movie's put together. I mean okay. you know it's the most basic definition. Yeah, I mean it's
1: the structural element that, that puts the story together. I mean what you're seeing on screen, right? It's it's choosing how long something stays on screen for as long as it does. But I mean, you know, Tarantino's editing in his last two films and unfortunately, you know, it's not it's not his fault, right? I mean Sally Menke, I mean she, you know, tragically passed away and so but it, it there's a definite, there's a definite um, shift in the way his movies are edited. Like when you look at Inglorious Bastards and you look at Django Unchained, they there there are two completely different philosophies about what should be on screen, what should be on screen for how long, and you know, and you can see that a lot in, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because I hear one, of, I mean, one of the biggest complaints that people levy against the film is that it's it's too long. Right. Yeah. There's all these long, drawn out shots of people driving in cars to music, which is I it's, mean, it's nice. It's, it's California. Yeah. It's it's part of the, the mystique of that era and yeah. that and that um, that subject matter that he's going for. But, you know, it, it, it does. It doesn't really add. I mean, it adds to the like I said, the mystique of the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the quality of the film. But it's not really it's not really relevant, I guess, which is typically why you would cut that sort of stuff out.
2: I like the driving scenes. No, I, mean, I love them too. I both mean, we've been to they California, be... man. I mean, I remember, like we even drove in California. Yeah. You drove you drove in did you ever drive on Yes, there? yeah. yeah Dude, I've been in... to LA
1: like five times. Like yeah. I've I've been on the 405. Like I, I mean, you know, granted, dri- driving for about three seconds before you get <laughs> yeah, stopped in traffic. It was a different era, yeah. Uh but but um but yeah, no, I I especially the the thing that really got me with the driving sequences was just the soundtrack, you know. I really I I I have the soundtrack downloaded because he he has um on the actual CD, he has a. Uh, like radio like, like khj los angeles yeah, yeah. like actual people like the the announcing and mm-hmm. like ads and whatnot and i'm sitting there like singing along to the ads and what because it's just a different it's a different type of it has a different quality to it you know yeah.
2: we saw the the film in my film three class because they're getting ready to do a production design based film like okay it's driven by by uh by production design you know nothing too fa- fancy but you know um the element i wanted to focus on is just to come up you know where do these characters live what do they look like what do they wear and why you mm-hmm. know so we saw once upon a time in hollywood just for that specific reason it also gave us an excuse to watch you know another tarantino flick in right. class mm-hmm. you know but so if you're going to talk about production design just show that movie i mean and just it goes perfectly what you just finished saying you know it just captured that moment um, and it just elevated the film i think you know i, I don't think it, once again it wasn't self indulgent this is like my memory of california at this time let me share it with you. It was very personal.
1: Well, I remember him talking about how, like, the reason he chose to put the camera so low in the car whenever Brad Pitt's driving is because it's supposed to reflect the uh, the angle of him being, like, eight years old and, like, looking up at his dad while well, they would drive around in, in L.A. So Bro, I didn't know that. That's yeah.
2: awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's funny how all these little creative decisions are made, you know I mean? um you got to go beyond you think why the camera there is there maybe because it fit that's where the camera fit the best in in the rig that they set up but Mm -hmm. look look at that yeah exactly
1: yeah um well i think that'll that'll about do it yeah man it was cool this was fun
3: watch watch the lighthouse you yeah, have to watch the lighthouse, bro. Yes, there's a yeah. lot of stuff yeah, I have I'm, to watch. I'm, I'm about yeah. to give
1: him like five or six movies that he's gotta yeah. catch up on this weekend. Uh,
2: those of you watching out there, watch the lighthouse. It's freaking great, especially if you're a dude. Nothing against women, whatever. You know, I already talked about little women, so there we go. <laughs> yeah. All right. Everyone should watch Little you Women and blocks. The Lighthouse. Um, two movies that begin with L. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they they really discuss about, you know, gender studies and you know, it's really cool. You know I mean? Like mm-hmm. I really appreciated The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is just trippy as hell, yeah. but
1: well it's it's a great cabin fever movie, you know. Yeah. Like it's, uh, a lo- it's very seldom that I can really get something out of uh out of movies that only take place in one location because I feel like I can see the filmmaking yeah. because you see the same thing over and over again and like you can try to piece you know piece that together, but that one really
3: uses the setting to
1: a oh man to a great degree.
3: Yeah, you're going to like it. Okay. You're gonna like I it. mean, that's basically well, that's basically like the whole uh our whole friendship just me like disappointing him with like my lack of films pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why you guys just play verbal tennis like over me? Oh, I saw this. Oh, I saw that. Oh, I saw this. But well, now you know how it feels like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when
1: he's talking sports or God knows what else with someone else, and I'm just like, oh. Oh shit, okay. sports!
2: I'm totally down for another podcast with sports. <laughs>
1: that's yeah. true.
3: Yeah. So we haven't. Uh, right now, well, right now we're still trying to figure out the theme of our podcast. We've had many filmmakers. Well, many people interested in film. Well, What's the thing, right? Is that the theme of the podcast is really going to be related to who we know? Yeah.
1: And most of the people <laughs> I know are film, film people. And then most of the people you know are... I mean, I mean, what are they exactly? I don't, like, know. I don't even know how to describe them. A bunch of chuckleheads. Yeah, a bunch of chuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> chuckleheads? No, I mean, that's a term of endearment. I don't mean it in, yeah. a, in a bad way. No, no, know? I just haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> chuckleheads. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for coming on, Juan. Hey man, it, was it was a, a pleasure fun. having you. Yeah, You're bro. welcome back anytime.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to close this out? Um, yeah, I guess. I kind of forgot how to do it already. I don't think we've come up with a plan on how to do it. No. <laughs> well, thank you. I think maybe that's the plan. Yeah, I think that's uh, <laughs> that, that's our
1: homework for this week. Uh, we said that last week.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you all for tuning in for another episode of the Illustrated Podcast. Again, I'm David. This is Sergio, and this is our special guest, Juan. Thank you for coming on again. Yeah,
2: my pleasure.
1: All right. right. Yeah. All right, we'll see you when we see you.